Welcome to Campaign Chemistry, where we pick the brains of creative alchemists, business wizards, and marketing geniuses behind the world's greatest brands. Omnicom Media Group is on a winning streak. Just off the heels of winning Bayersdorf and retaining HSBC's global media business, the Omnicom-owned media network has won the bulk of Uber's $600 million media account. But despite the buzz of new wins, CEO Florian Adomski is serious about striking a balance between servicing existing clients well while keeping up with the relentless pace of pitching. Since he became CEO two years ago, the group has been breaking down silos to service clients with the best technology, tools, and talent at their disposal, similarly to how other media agency groups are re organizing to meet the needs of their clients. In this episode, Adamski also chats about recent acquisitions in the UK and Brazil, the growing role of commerce in media buying, and the importance of succession planning. I'm Alison Weisbrot, Editor-in-Chief of Campaign US, and you're listening to Campaign Chemistry. Flo, hello. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? Hey, Alison. Thanks so much for uh, having me. Um, I'm having a good time. It's an interesting moment to be in this industry. I love a bit of a challenge, which clearly there are plenty of, but uh, things are going well. Thanks for asking. Yeah, well, we're going to get into all of that. But first, some breaking news out of Campaign US. We just reported that you won Uber's global media account. So congratulations on that. Talk a little bit about the account. Fascinating that you guys got the scoop again. No surprise here. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it is it is big news uh, for us, obviously. So uh, we're just being informed uh, earlier this week that uh, we will be taking over the uh, media planning, buying, implementation, optimization for Uber across... Uh, three of their most important geographies, which is North America, Latin America, and uh, Europe. Um, it is a highly, it was a highly uh, competitive battle fought between different uh, agency holding companies and I believe all leading independents as well. Obviously a client not only with enormous clout and scale in terms of their spend, but also highly sophisticated in terms of the, uh, the way they address their uh, audiences uh, the way they use digital media, the way the, uh, they integrate paid, owned, and, and earned. So clearly for us, not only great news from a business perspective, but also very, very excited and, and thrilled to be um, working with Uber on their, on their vision, which, which ultimately is really making mobility a better, easier, uh, and more conducive experience to, to the world. So that, that is great news, and it comes on top of like not another couple of uh, really encouraging news that we've had f- over the past few months and uh, the first half of the year as well. Yeah. So um, you've been a, a lot of those wins that you're talking about, HSBC, Beiersdorf, um, you've been pitching as Omnicom Media Group a lot. And that's sort of a different strategy since you've taken over as CEO, right? To pitch more as a group versus the individual agency brands. Talk a little bit about that and why that's working for you. I think it's um, it's a response to some of the challenges that we're uh, seeing large marketers and advertisers struggling with, which is essentially a complete fragmentation of the marketplace. And there is a battle of fragmentation versus effectiveness. And while marketers are trying to be integrated and have ecosystems that are highly connected, in reality, quite often that is that is not the case, and there is no shortage of data. There is no shortage of technology, um, but connecting these two things meaningfully and finding 
skilled talent that would allow them to operate that in in a way that it would glean meaningful insight um, and actionable insight. It's it's just very tough. So I personally, and I think most of my peers would agree, see marketers coming up to us, not specifically asking for a single agency brand, but really for the capability that a group solution can bring to them. Why is that the case? Because everybody understands that in this day and age, there are significant investments to be made into technology, into data, into the infrastructure that makes agencies and ultimately client businesses tick. And these quite typically can be made at the group level. Now, let me be clear, that does not mean that we're taking anything away from our agency brands. And as you know, we have OMD and Hearts and Signs and PhD, and they're all highly successful. And they all have their distinct positioning in, in the marketplace. But they have the ability to tap into group level resources much more than in the past, which makes us more connected and the moment we become more connected, it is also much easier and speedier for clients to deal and engage with us. And then there are certain clients that choose different sets of talents and groups of talents across different geographies and, and regions. And that is when we really come together as one group of agencies of a portfolio of talent and capabilities that allows clients to build teams that don't stop short of an agency brand, but really go all the way to to the group level. So they have full access Mm -hmm. to talent, full access to technology and capabilities. Yeah, I mean, this is a trend that's been happening across the big media agency groups. I just wrote about this last week, Group M and... um, IPG. Yeah, Group M and IPG media brands. So talk about like, is your um, approach similar in that it's like accessing these sort of connected digital specialists that that sort of need to have a more integrated um, ways of operating with technology and the agency brands then are just sort of the doors you walk through. Like talk about how you think about these two entities kind of working together. Yeah, look, I, uh, I did see that some of our competitors are uh, being fast followers of something that I think we, we, we have been doing and it, it makes perfect sense to me. The way I look at this is, and I often describe this internally as uh, a concept that I dub agency as a platform, where essentially clients are yearning to have access to modern marketing capabilities. These capabilities can be found across large agency groups as, as ourselves. The challenge that they sometimes have is the inability to access that in a way that is swift it's agile and it's scaled. And so bringing it together on the group level does allow for these for these things. And having resources at the group level that agency brands can tap into allows them to do both, to be either the door that the client walks through that to then embrace what the holding company, the group level would offer, but also to have a more dedicated relationship with that specific client. Because don't get me wrong, there are clients very much still today that want a single dedicated agency brand. But again, instead of having to make the investment three times, we make the investment once and then we scale it out to our brands and make it very, very easy for them to access capabilities, infrastructure and technology. And the way I really look at it is 
It is the group serving the agency brands and then ultimately the clients and not the other way around. Yeah, I guess I just wonder, like, long term, is this sort of the beginning of a of a transition away from the media agency brands and sort of more of a consolidated approach? Because, you know, you're you're aware of how the marketplace is changing and how complex it is. Like, do you see that? Not not asking you if you're going to do it tomorrow, but do you sort of see that trajectory? I believe that we have to differentiate and distinct between capability and talent. And if, as you look at Omnicomedia Group as an example, we now have 24,000 colleagues around the world. And while I want to put at the fingertips of every single one of them the capabilities that we have, for example, in our operating, open operating platform, Omni, at the same time, I do realize people want to be part of, they want to be part of something. And that part of something quite often is not a holding company, but an entity, a brand that has a personality and that has an identity that really, really speaks to them and that they can relate to. So I think what we'll have is a matrix, or you might call it a hybrid model, where people still work for agency brands because that is where culture is being created and built also, not only internally, but also as it relates to client agency relationships, but the full arsenal of modern weaponry available to them at the group level. And I don't think that these two concepts compete with each other, but they complement each other. Um, if you were to ask me, if you had to place a bet, is the concept of a, of a single agency brand to go away? I think that different holding companies will treat it differently and will have different approaches to it. Speaking for Omnicom Media Group, I can say that at this moment in time, we have no plans, absolutely no plans to diminish the role of our agency brands at any scenario in the short to midterm today. Mm, okay. So a couple other things that you've done during your tenure is make a few acquisitions, which is usually Omnicom is sort of of the build versus buy mentality. But um, there was Tarmogen in the UK, uh, financial services, B2B specialists, and then two commerce agencies in Brazil. Talk about your strategy there, why you thought it was best to acquire in those cases. You're absolutely uh, correct that Omnicom typically has an attitude that if we can build it effectively and at speed, there is no, not the necessity to, to, to buy it. And so, especially as, as you look at to, and into Omnicom Media Group, and I did reference Omni previously, we've taken a path to really create from the bottom up, which then allows you to truly own an asset, own a capability, and democratize that and scale it across the organization much, much, much easier as opposed to making a large-scale acquisition, bolting it onto something else, and then having to deal with all the cultural, commercial, P&L-related issues that that brings along. And I see organizations in our industry vertical struggle even years post such an uh, acquisition. Having said that, we do realize that there are certain capabilities, certain geographies where building it on our own might either a take too long 
or it is not realistic to find the right talent in that space at that moment in time that would be required to, to be doing that. And so you did mention and reference a few of the acquisitions that we did make, and they're very, very selective and pinpointed. Tarmogen, um, based in the UK, however, with a global footprint, is the leading media agency for financial services clients. They have a very, very robust client roster with many of the leading financial service institutes around uh, the world. And that is a space that, as you know, is highly, highly specialized. It is not enough to say you understand B2B to be able to service a global investment bank. You truly got to understand mm -hmm. very, very small, tiny audiences because they have such an outsized, disproportionate influence on their their industry vertical. Tarmogen is just an excellent example of that. And we bring them in. They now have access to Omni and our data strategy capabilities. And we have the ability to go to market with their specialism. You mentioned two of the Brazilian acquisitions that we recently made. And Brazil is an interesting market for us. It is obviously one of the largest markets in the world today. It is on a huge growth trajectory. Uh, but as of today, Omnicom Media Group wasn't present in that marketplace. And we believed that connecting media with content and commerce, a concept that we internally dub connected commerce, is something that is so hard to come by in a way that it's been put to market professionally. So these two agencies that we identified in Brazil um, really, really have that mindset and they have the client base and the depth of talent that we believe is necessary to truly compete in a market like Brazil. We didn't think that setting up our own little tent and then growing it from scratch in such a sophisticated, mm -hmm. very scaled market would be the fastest strategy to come to success. So we instead opted to buy these two highly reputable agencies that now represent Omnicom Media Group in Brazil. So a couple of follow-ups. First on Tarmogen, why did you feel it was important to have that level of expertise for financial services clients and like what other sort of categories are you looking to grow in? Because obviously that's a big sort of play to, to do more with that category, right? So are there others? So to the first part of the question, A, financial services is one of the fastest growing industry verticals as it relates to marketing and investments. Uh, it is something that I would call quite future proof, a little less, a little less volatile. Of course, th there have been recent... Um, moments where the financial service industry was also impacted, but I can see overall a pretty healthy growth to that, to that vertical, number one. Number two, as I mentioned, it is an industry that is so defined by very, very small segments, sub-segments of audiences and the outsized influence that these people have that we felt there is no way that we can start building this ourselves or pretending mm -hmm. we have it in-house because that is knowledge and intelligence that you only build over a long period of time. By the way, including the relationship, not just to the clients, but also to the media, the publisher mm -hmm. side of the equation. You do very, very pinpointed and selected things 
working with these types of uh, audiences. So that is that is one one vertical that we believe is is, is growing. Uh, if you ask me about other uh, verticals with uh, momentum, I believe that while it has been reported that currently spend might be a little muted, we'll see technology companies bouncing back. Uh, that is something that, in my point of view, is is bound to happen. I think we're, what we're seeing right now is a bit of a normalization from the COVID years, where there was huge investment and a huge surge, both in terms of number of employees, but also investments being made in some of these platform-like uh, companies and organizations. I think that is now being a little um, rectified and, and normalized, but I, going into 2024, I think we'll see a lot of um, a lot of growth there. I believe that retail mm-hmm. is going to be a highly interesting sector to to watch. And I'm not just saying retail media, which obviously uh, a lot of companies are trying to explore and build and, and create uh, a strong revenue pipeline right now. But I think this connect this this concept of connected commerce, where really you have e-commerce and brick and mortar commerce coming together one view of the customer, of the consumer, I think that is highly interesting. And what it will do is it will allow retailers to make more effective, more profitable investments that will drive ROI. And with that, we believe that the overall pie from an advertising marketing investment perspective is going to grow larger. A couple of other industries Mm. would uh, certainly uh, be travel, tourism, clearly bouncing back. If you look at, uh, if you take, take a flight over either coast to coast in the US or internationally, every single seat seems to be booked out. Very, very high uh, seat capitalization and utilization right now, much higher than pre-pandemic. Uh, pan- so that is clearly something that, that will continue to, to grow. And then the ex- uh, entire segment around uh, gaming, virtual gaming, mm-hmm. e-gaming, e-sports, it continues to be a segment that has been long talked about, but given what Gen Z, Gen Z millennials are actually craving and the way they behave and they consume and inter- interact with media. I continue to believe that this is a growth uh, area for the entire industry and including ourselves. Yeah, I want to go back to commerce because um, and sort of linking back to the Brazil acquisitions. It's interesting that you sort of like entered that market with commerce, right, as like the focus rather than sort of the scaled media buying capabilities you have around the world. Talk about um, why you're entering Latin America like or Brazil with that approach and then how you sort of view uh, that market growing in, in the coming years and, and where that growth will come from. We didn't feel like making a play for media billings was the right thing to do, A, because there are alternatives in the market right now that are available uh, to clients, B, we would have started from a fairly low base, but we wanted to double down on commerce because if you look at Brazil and the way the market develops right now, clients are shifting classical, traditional media advertising spend into making retail and connected commerce investments. So if you look at broader trends, not just in Brazil, but especially coming in from Asia, China, touching the United States, touching touching Europe, the ability to really truly embed commerce into your advertising efforts 
becomes more and more important. So I believe that all of us, all media agencies going forward, will have to create a much, much more pronounced muscle in connecting commerce to their media investments. And it's both. I think it's a there's a huge opportunity because what it means is that all these like shopper marketing budgets of the past, they now become available and they're being unlocked and might be reinvested into paid media. On the other on the other hand, if you don't start investing into that type of specialism and capability and truly understanding how connect how to connect these dots, you might become irrelevant, right? Because with retail media networks now blossoming wherever you look, there is huge competence in the markets and huge capabilities and platforms being offered by these retailers that many clients might choose to go directly with as opposed to choosing an agency. So what we did in Brazil was essentially go to the core of that growth momentum and Global Shopper and Alpromo, both of these agencies, they handle large scale clients in Brazil, have very, very deep running and deeply rooted relationships with these clients. And we believe we can grow into the paid media space through the lens of shopper and e-commerce. Mm, that makes sense. So talk about how you're approaching that in some of your more mature markets where you do have scaled media buying operations and where commerce is becoming more important and the business is changing. Like, How do you kind of balance the need to invest in these new areas with sort of maintaining the linear side of the business? So what we did uh, end of last year is we launched a specialized retail media and commerce unit dubbed Transact. Transact really is a wonderful, and let me call it joint venture across Omnicom agencies that brings together expertise in more traditional shopper marketing, but then really more modern retail media uh, e-commerce. Transact essentially is a dedicated unit that has talent coming in from media, creative, content, and very much data and analytics trying to bring together all these disciplines into one dedicated offer because while clients increasingly embed their asks around commerce in media briefings, they still want to have the ability to talk to specialists. And clients believe that silos need to be broken down between paid media and shopper marketing, but still it is a highly, highly specialized, very, very deep running talent that is required to run modern marketing capabilities across the commerce space. So Transact is really the representative of that across Omnicom. And we work hand in hand from an Omnicom media perspective in all the sophisticated markets, whether it's the United States, uh, the UK, Germany, Australia. That is our response to your question and really the question that all these clients are asking us. Mm. So I know also Omni has been sort of like a big connector, right? I know there's like commerce tools in Omni and all of that. Talk about how that tool has evolved. And then also now that, you know, generative AI capabilities are baked in, like John Wren and a lot of the Omnicom executives are really talking about um, using that a lot more in across the business. Talk about how you see... Um, that evolving in the future and then also where you still feel like it, it might need some development. We talked a little bit about the fragmentation in the marketplace and the complexity. And I think at the very, very 
basic nuclear essence of what Omni is doing, it is really simplification, unification, and acceleration of capabilities. Let me explain that a little more in a little more depth. What Omni does is it takes capabilities, tools, infrastructure, and creates an end-to-end experience for both the client and people working behind the scenes at the agency level. It helps you to create, identify an audience, tap new audience, tap into new audiences that will drive growth for clients, truly understand these in terms of whether they're psychographics, demographics, but also very importantly, media consumption. And then it allows us to activate against that exact audience segment across the media landscape with a reporting and optimization algorithm in the end. And that end-to-end type of process, it does simplify and accelerate the work that we do on behalf of clients. And importantly, and that is a conversation that we increasingly have with clients, it is also a platform that is available to clients. So you have clients that, I'm sure you were going to ask me about in-housing at some point, um, we, we have clients that feel strongly about having certain capabilities on their end. And Omnicom Media Group is an agency that is fully supportive of that. We believe that clients should be holding their, for example, data destiny in their own hand versus renting it out from a third party. We also understand if you hold your own data, you need to have the capability and the infrastructure to not only hold it, but also to to activate against it and to analyze that data. And so Omni is being built as an open operating system that is fully interoperable with marketing stacks that clients would have invested into. And let's be honest, the problem that some clients have with what agencies might be doing is it feels like we're competing with them. It feels like after I've invested millions and millions of dollars into my CDP, into my CRM systems, into my Salesforce systems, there is an agency trying to sell me yet another thing. And that is not Uh the approach we're taking with Omni. We're taking an approach of we give you the ability to take whatever you need, whatever type of capability you need from a modular system that is built into Omni to then plug any holes that you might have in your marketing stack. That might only be temporarily the case or it might be the case long-term. If you need the talent and the people to help you with the implementation or even with the hands-on keyboard activation, we will do that as well. So it's a completely different concept from acquiring a third-party data asset with some technology attached and then trying to monetize that by selling it uh, to clients. It is a much more integrated, open, and we believe transparent approach. You did ask about AI, and I think obviously AI and Gen AI, that conversation has been very, very um, inflated over the past mm-hmm. six to, to nine months. And I think that we, we need to go back and remind ourselves that Gen AI, while it has game-changing abilities, it has been, it's part of, a, of, a, of, a, of an evolution that has been happening and playing out over a long period of time. So we're talking years and years, right? And what we really try to do is, is three things. Number one, you want to automate 
a routine, right? There is like a report that needs to get sent to a client every single week. You want to automate that process. The next stage is in the maturity is you want to move to intelligent automation. So now you have that report that gets sent to the client every week, but you want the report to come up with recommendations on how we can optimize the media plan next week. And then there is now generative AI where you have the report, you have the recommendation, but AI is now able to put that into the context of the wider marketing ecosystem to connect it with different other tools, systems, data, streams to come up with broader, more holistic and connected recommendations for your mm -hmm. business. So, and I think we've been on, on a journey. The journey now has become more visible to the public eye. But mm -hmm. in terms of what agencies have been doing, it is nothing that, and I'm not just talking about Omnicom Media, it was nothing that other agency groups and ourselves have not been working on for a long period of time. It has just now gotten dramatically more uh, exposure. And will it continue to change our industry? Absolutely. But that didn't start six months ago when people started discovering ChatGPT for themselves, right? It started a Right, of, co of course not. But it did sort of change, right? Like generative AI changed the game a little bit in terms of the level of intelligence it has and the, the impact it could have on uh, media jobs as well as processes. Our industry is, our industry has been for a long time quite driven by, by technology and that, that development. Um, what, what has changed now is there's much more attention being paid to that space. Let me give you an example. Until probably quite recently, two, three years ago, you would have these so-called data and technology deep dives as part of any new business RFP, right? And typically the people you would have found sitting in these meetings from the client side were experts, IT, data, mar marketing intelligence, Marsai type of experts and, and specialists. Now you have a different, much broader audience. You have all of a sudden you have a CMO, you have a CTO, sometimes a COO sitting in these meetings because they want to now understand. So Generative AI, how is it applied to your business and in turn will be applied to our business? So I'm not disagreeing with you at all, Ellison. Generative AI is another accelerator on the tech trajectory that we're on, but the trajectory existed previously. Oh, yeah. It has now come through the surface again of the public eye and all of a sudden a lot of other layers of management get interested in it. For mm -hmm. us, Ellison, that's a great thing. It is a great thing because it moves us just mentally. It moves us upstream from being almost like this more niche, technology-driven, micro-optimization industry layer to co-defining, redefining how people should be thinking about marketing, how to make that next best decision, how to spend most wisely that next dollar at your fingertips available to you. To you. So I think media and media agencies that have long invested into technology and have long believed that it is it has game-changing potential, 
now are being fast forwarded to a position of much more relevance. And that's a good thing for all of us. Mm, interesting. So I want to talk, take a minute to talk a little bit about talent. In the UK, there were some recent leadership changes. Philippa Brown stepped down as global CEO of PhD, and you had some pretty smooth succession planning in place, sort of promoting everyone up at the layer down into their new role. Talk about the importance of succession planning and how you see that as a leader. It's not always that smooth, right? So talk about like how you prepared for that. It's interesting. Um, you... You and I, we talked about M&A and you spoke to a preference for build versus buy. Um, we, we also have a preference to be promoting from within. Don't get me wrong. That doesn't mean that we're not interested in fresh thinking and bringing in learnings from across the agency or a broader industry vertical. But we do believe that we have a certain culture across Omnicom Media Group and within the agencies that Omnicom Media Group is comprised of. There is also a certain understanding of the way of working, the operating model, Omni, how that all operates. So we do believe there is great value in bringing internal talent into leadership positions. Also, because quite obviously, it is highly motivating, right, for everybody else to see how talent can, can rise through the ranks over over time, and that it does ultimately pay out to be hardworking and trying to contribute to the businesses uh, to the business success. So that that's one piece. As it relates to the ones that you specifically mentioned, it the, the case that you described it put me in the very fortunate position to have a wonderful, very very accomplished leader such as Philippa Brown, who has spent most of her career with Omnicom Media Group in different in different roles that came to the point in her life and career where she wanted to explore new and different things outside of the more corporate agency environment. And these were very, very smooth, to use your expression here, very smooth conversations. We talked about them over extended period of time. We talked about the right timing. We talked about succession plans. We talked about clients. And we did have plenty of time to execute an entire cascade, as you noticed, of leadership promotions. By the way, not quite final yet. There is obviously, it's still cascading through the organization. I was going to ask if you've hired a new UK CEO yet <laughs> for OMD. <laughs> Yeah, so these, I mean, these things are all in, they're, they're all in, in play and these conversations are obviously all live. But I'll, I'll give it to you that that was a specific case where we had the benefit of long-term planning and putting in place trusted leaders that we knew well. We did not have to go outside, work with headhunters, recruiters, work through termination periods, and so it was, it, I think it was as well planned as it could have been, as well executed and communicated. That does not mean we get it right every time, right? Right. Um, sometimes there is something that you didn't expect, you didn't anticipate. And somebody leaves the organization and you scramble to replace her uh, or him. But as I said before, we typically would look internally first 
And if you look at, and it's some, something I sometimes bring to, to my bosses at, at Omnicom, the best thing about Omnicom Media Group in its current state, I would say is a very, very clearly defined set of key people that will make sure that this company keeps on growing over time. I always felt that people have egos, right? And everybody has an ego. And I would be, I would be lying if I said I didn't have one. However, I feel an organization, especially of that size, should never, must never rely on a single individual, not even on a small mm -hmm. number of individuals. We're way too scaled. So if I look across Omnicom Media Group, if I look at the brand leaders, if I look at the regional and also key market leaders, I feel very, very confident that if it wasn't for me, if it wasn't for a small group of people sitting in the, uh, in the global offices right now, Omnicom Media Group and Omnicom would not find it hard to be replacing us with the next generation. And I think that's the way you built um, a company sustainably over time. Mm -hmm. So I want to finish off kind of back where we started talking about new business. Um, you know, it's not been lost on us that the media pitches continue to get bigger and more global in scale and frequent. I guess I'm curious, you know, you've been successful in a lot of these pitches, especially in the last few weeks, but how are you kind of managing the strain of participating in all these pitches with servicing your clients, keeping up with technological change? Like, how do you sort of like make sure that you're not dropping the ball on one in, in favor of the other? Thank you for that question. Um, it is absolutely top of mind for me. And I often say this when, when I do, when I have conversations like, like this one, I understand why the new business win would get the biggest headline, right? It's, it's, it's new, it's exciting. There's drama, there is celebration. And so that makes, it makes all the sense in the world, but not only because I work in the client service industry, but I truly believe in long-term partnerships. If you look at the clients that have been with us over an extended period of time, in my mind, these should be getting a lot of the headlines. And that mm -hmm. is why internally we make it very, very clear and transparent to everybody that we celebrate the new business win just as much as a contract extension or a wonderful next modern project being brought in. We service very, very, as you know, large scale clients, and we have been servicing them for like 20, 25 years. And that is not because these companies are being complacent, being lazy. They actually have redefined the verticals and the industries that they work in over and over. And clearly they keep us very much on our tippy toes to bring innovation to them. Make sure Omni is also not only available to the people that work on their accounts, accounts on our end, but that Omni is housing bespoke capabilities and tools that speak to their business and drive their, their business outcomes. So coming back to your core question, it is a, I, I did say at the very top, it's an interesting moment of time to be in this industry. I personally love this industry. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been here for 26 years at this point. I love the people. I love the variety of, of industry. We have the uh, ability to, to, work, to work across. 
But it's not always easy, right? It's not always smooth sailing. And there's been so much change. And there is a lot of pressure. There is a lot of pressure to get it right for the clients that you have committed to, that you have given promises to, and you want to deliver against that promise every single year. And at the same time, grow through new business. And you can only do it. It, it is a wonderful connection to what we discussed three minutes ago, Alison. It is it is only possible if you build an organization that has the ability to really, really distribute the weight, the pressure of all these things at the same time across many, many shoulders and, and hands. And that is, I believe, what, what we have. It is really the teams across the regions, across the functions that make this all possible. Otherwise, if it was a small group of people doing everything, we would be overly, over, over thinly stretched and it would not work out. And just in full transparency, and Bell knows this, we had a call this morning with Omnicom Media Group uh, leadership. And I um, announced uh, the news of the win that we briefly discussed at the top of this call. And I did congratulate, congratulate everybody. And I did reiterate that we seem to be having a solid, a positive year, but that with every single win, the responsibility and the accountability we have for existing clients, it increases, right? Because yeah. it is a very, very fine line for a client to see your agency win because it shows you and it gives evidence of the fact that you might be working with a partner that has the momentum on their site, which I believe is the case right now for us. But it also, right, there is the risk of what does it mean? Are they going to turn talent the other way? Will I be losing some of the best people, management attention? So it is that very, very fine line. And trust me, Alison, I can't talk to which ones they are, but we turn down some new business opportunities just as well as we partake in reviews, because if we overstretch our ability to deliver on both ends, we will be out of business in no time. And that is something we obviously want to avoid. Yeah, well... It's definitely a balancing act and you guys seem to be balancing right now. So congratulations on that. And um, thank you so much, Flo, for joining me today. Hey, Alison, uh, these were great questions. Clearly expert driven and uh, I could continue for hours and hours. We'll do it next time. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for listening to Campaign Chemistry. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and head to campaignlive.com for all the latest news on advertising and marketing. 